Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Always appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers Talk. Got a full hour tonight. Talk some Los Angeles Lakers basketball. They're up two games to one on the Memphis Grizzlies after the Lakers' uh, exciting overtime win last night at Crypto. Uh, so we got a lot to get into. I want to spend some time. I, w- I want to kind of put a cap, put a bow to uh, last night's game. So I want to spend a little time on that. Uh, just an incredible, incredible home court advantage for the Lakers. It's so great to be a part of playoff basketball, post-COVID, sold-out arenas. Uh, that's been fantastic. Uh, the up-and-down moments of last night's game, D'Angelo's big shots, what guys like Austin Reeves and Dennis Schroeder have been able to do um, LeBron James clutch performance and just to get the game to overtime, what he was able to do in OT at age 38 and Anthony Davis inconsistency. So we got a lot that we want to get into. Uh, plus your preference Lakers get into the next round or who, who you rooting for the Sacramento Kings or the Golden State Warriors. So we'll get into all that. Trevor Lane, the Lakers nation is going to join us in about a half hour or so. Okay. Um, Let's just get right into it here. I thought the vibe at the arena, this is how I want to start the show because, you know, we knew we're two games in now. Lakers had a game Saturday. They had a game Monday. Last time I did Lakers talk was uh, Lakers were only up one nothing, and then they lost the game in Memphis for game two, one games three and four here at Crypto. So I, I've kind of had some curiosity of what's it going to look like at the arena. We have not had a sold-out home Lakers playoff game since 2013 okay um is the vibe going to be how much different is the vibe going to be than let's say the playing game lakers had a home playoff game against minnesota um you know we've talked about why it's been 10 years well it's been 10 years because you had covid lakers didn't make the playoffs for six years they were in the first round against the phoenix suns the year after the orlando bubble championship and it was, wasn't sold out. I think the certain capacity is 7,000, 6,500, whatever the number was. So now we got playoff basketball. Damn, does home court advantage matter? Um, I, I don't know. If that game last night was in Memphis, I don't know if the Lakers win that game. It's almost like the fan base is willing the Los Angeles Lakers doing everything they can to try to get that W last night. Of course, the players still got to deliver everything else, but – the place was just rocking, and it's been such a great atmosphere. And I feel so privileged to be at these games right now. And it really is as good of uh, Lakers basketball that I've seen from an atmosphere perspective. As good as every any game that I've been to, that's how good the atmosphere has been. So just a phenomenal experience from that perspective. And shout out to Laker fans for making that happen because I really do believe it's been a true home court advantage. Um, on last night's game, real quick, a lot of up and down moments. Um, I thought if you guys have been listening to me over the last couple of days, personally, I thought that it was going to be a dogfight last night, that it was going to be a close game, that Memphis was going to give everything they absolutely had, because if you go down three games to one, 
95% of the teams that were up 3-1 end up winning that series. So that's obviously how critical it was for Memphis. They understand that number. And they're also a young team that's got an incredible amount of confidence and think that they could steal back home court. And they almost did that yesterday. The way the first game, the first half had laid out, let's say the first 20 minutes of the first half, 24 minutes and a half, obviously, Lakers were up comfortably. At one point went up 15, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, my prediction was way off. I thought this was going to be a close game. Lakers look great. Look at them on defense. They're all over the place. It was actually the bench that came in. It was Rui Hachimura. It was Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Austin Reeves a part of that lineup. There was a stretch there. The Lakers had some of their bench guys in, and they just looked fantastic. Defense was all over the place. You know what? Maybe my prediction is way off here. Lakers have a 15-point lead. And then all of a sudden, a couple minutes left to play in the first half, it's down to eight or nine. And it's like, all right, well, Memphis making a little bit of a run here. Then Desmond Bain does what he was doing, pretty much did it the entire night. And the next thing you know, at halftime, it's a two-point game. That's it. Lakers only have a two-point game. I remember tweeting out during the game, doesn't it feel like Lakers should be up 10? Well, it felt like it's because they had just been up 10. And it had only been a couple of minutes of game time that the Memphis Grizzlies kind of took over there to close out the first half. And then you knew, all right, maybe this prediction that I had in mind and other people had in mind as well, that Memphis was going to give their best shot of the series so far, maybe that is the way this is going to play out, that this will be a dogfight the rest of the way. And in the second half, that's exactly what it was. It was back and forth, back and forth. Lakers with a two-point lead. Uh, Memphis ties it up. Lakers with a four-point lead. Memphis ties it up. Just kind of went back and forth the entire way. And then in the fourth quarter, Memphis started taking control. And I, I always look at this, you know, from my perspective, the way I pay attention to a lot of these games, um, who's got the momentum? Or, you know, who's making the big shots? Who does it feel like has control of the game? Who do you think is dictating the style and the pace and Memphis got to a point where everything was starting to lean towards their way. Lakers were starting to look tired. Desmond Bain was was great. I don't want to say great. He had 36 points. That's great. Took a lot of shots to get there. Only shot 3-12 from the three. And, and Memphis was so bad from the three-point line to begin with. Only shot 21% as a team. But five minutes left to go. Memphis took a seven-point lead. And I remember in my own head saying to myself, if Memphis gets a stop here and a bucket on the other side, Memphis is going to win this game. That Lakers just didn't look like they had a flow to the offense. The guys looked tired. Anthony Davis wasn't doing anything. Um, LeBron looked winded. He was 1-7 from the three-point line. That if they fall nine points down, remember, it's 97-90. If they fall down, if, they get, if Memphis gets one stop and a bucket, this series is going to be tied at two apiece. And then... Probably the scenario that I thought least would happen. D'Lo goes off. D'Angelo Russell, who has not been, um, he has not been playing good basketball. And out of nowhere, D'Lo, okay, he hits a three. All right, 97-93. Next possession down. D'Lo hits a three, 97-96. Wait a minute here. D'Lo just hit two big threes in this situation, and D'Lo didn't look like he had that much confidence or he had no reason to have confidence because he wasn't playing all that well, D'Lo hits the second three, 97-96. I think a timeout call, Taylor Jenkins, Memphis comes back, they miss. D'Lo hits another three, Lakers up 99-97. That saved the game. That moment alone 
and it came from a player that I got to be honest with you, I did not have confidence in that if you said, hey, something's going to happen where the Lakers and one player is going to hit three threes in a row, and that's going to at least put the Lakers in a position to put the game into overtime and to give them a shot at winning this game and still an opportunity to go up 3-1, I didn't think it was going to be D'Angelo Russell. If you'd have told me it was going to be Austin Reeves, I'd say, okay, I, I, I see it. If you're going to tell me it's going to be Dennis Schroeder, you know what? I see it. I, I could see Dennis Schroeder having a moment like that. If you, was, if you were going to tell me it was Rui Hachimura, I would have said, okay, he had 29 in the first game. He had 20 in the second game. He's been hitting his threes. I could see it from Rui. And I'm putting the stars to the side here. Um, the fact that it was D'Angelo Russell, and he kind of had his moment for the Lakers. He's not been playing good basketball. He's certainly not been playing consistent basketball. He's definitely not been a player that you're looking at and saying, hey, I know I could rely on D'Angelo Russell. I have no idea what D'Angelo Russell is going to give the Lakers on a night-in-night-out basis, let alone hit three threes at a, at a point of the game that the Lakers needed it. Um and were desperate for it, that revitalized the Lakers. That gave the Lakers a chance to win that game last night. That set what I thought was uh, times at Crypto.com Arena, an unbelievable home court advantage to, damn, this place is really quiet right now. It's quiet because Memphis might walk in and steal home court back. It gave the Lakers... Um, a true chance in that game, and it came from somebody that I just was not expecting to come through in that clutch situation, in that moment. It was from D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I've been crit- I personally have been critical on D'Lo. I have, and I don't do it because I'm bored. I do it because I haven't been crazy about his play for the most part since he's been traded to the Lakers. He's had some moments, especially early on, but then he missed a ton of games as well. Um, and then he's been inconsistent so far playoffs. He's been inconsistent. He was he had a bad game against the Minnesota Timberwolves in the play-in. I actually rely more, I have more faith in Dennis Schroeder than I do on D'Angelo Russell, and that doesn't mean Dennis Schroeder is a better basketball player. It just means Dennis Schroeder is a little bit more of a traditional point guard. He finds ways to get to the free throw line. Uh, I mean, he's all over the place on the defensive side, so Dennis Schroeder has has built that confidence from someone like me and I'm sure other Laker fans out there. But hats off to D'Angelo Russell for coming through the way he did last night because I don't think the Lakers are in a position to win that game. I don't think Braun's in a position to tie up the game. I don't think Braun's in a position to get the game to overtime and do what he did unless D'Lo hits those three threes. So I want to make sure I kind of pointed that out. And again, I go back to this. Just wasn't expecting that it was going to come from him. That's the best way that I can put it. If you would have laid out all the different players that it could come from, I was not expecting from it to come from D'Angelo Russell. Uh, All right, shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Great partner here on Lakers Talk. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. So, Thank you to uh, their partnership here on the show. A um, few things I want to get into as, uh, as, as the show progresses here, and, and I want to do this coming up next. LeBron James yesterday had a signature moment as a Los Angeles Laker. And I know you're going to sit back and say, 
Al, what are you talking about? The man has already won an NBA championship with the Lakers. But last night it was a little bit different. And it was different for a number of different reasons, but it was different because Laker fans got to share that moment with him. Braun is in his 20th year in the NBA. He's played over 260 playoff games. And Braun did something in the game yesterday that he's actually never done before in his career, which is special in its own right. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about LeBron James. Plus, I want to spend a little time talking about Anthony Davis as well. We'll do all that coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Trevor Lane, who's coming up here in about 15 minutes, will join the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, Lakers next game coming up tomorrow. Early game, 3 o'clock pregame show, 4.30 tip-off. Lakers got a chance to close out the Memphis Grizzlies. Move on, rest, and get ready for round number two. I, it's going to be a tough one tomorrow. I'll, I'll start previewing that game here in just a second. Uh, quick shout out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out. Takes about 15 minutes. My guy, Isaiah in Pasadena, is who I go to. Um, the service is fantastic. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Um, how clutch was LeBron James yesterday? How clutch was LeBron James? And I thought it was a, a, a special moment where. Bron has been here for five years with the Lakers. This is his fifth season with the Lakers. And I'm going to go down memory lane here for a quick second. First year, he has a groin injury, and the Lakers don't make the playoffs. Second year, Lakers are one of the favorites to win an NBA championship. COVID hits. What was it? Four months off. Then they're the Orlando bubble. Lakers end up winning a championship there. But they're they're not – listen, we all – it's not to um, look down on the championship – Everybody who won a championship during the COVID year, it was different. That's it. You didn't have fans. You're playing in a basically a ballroom in Orlando. Um, it was different. I think we could all agree with that. There wasn't a connection like it would be if it was happening here at Crypto where you uh, get a parade and everything. It's just different. So put that to the side. Uh, that's what Braun does in his second year. Third year, Anthony Davis gets injured in the first round. Lakers out in the first round against the uh, Phoenix Suns. Fourth year, just an awful season. Lakers win 33 games. They lose 49. They miss the playoffs. And then it's this year. Braun's in his 20th season. Listen, Braun's had special moments at crypto, 
But what he hasn't had is a sold-out Crypto.com arena with 20,000 Laker fans um, post-COVID and a chance to take a stranglehold on a series that if it's 2-2, we got a real dogfight. If it's 3-1, the question starts just leaning towards, well, how many games are the Lakers going to win this series? So I talked about D'Lo kind of saving the Lakers yesterday with those three threes and came out of nowhere. I know he took his first three. I was like, why are you shooting that? All right, he hit it. Took the second three. It's like, D'Lo, um, are you sure that's the right shot? He hit it. All right, so then I just shut up and enjoyed watching some Lakers basketball. Braun's situation was different last night. Braun's situation was Anthony Davis, who I'm going to get into, the second superstar, was not the second superstar. And he's been a superstar so far this series 50% of the time. So it's not like Anthony Davis has been showing up night in and night out. And, um, you know, maybe it's the hip injury, whatever it is. It's double teams, however you want to call it. But the AD that we're hoping for to start off the series, that has not been the case. It has not been the case here consistently. We'll get into AD in a second. So Braun found himself in a position where the Lakers are down two and they got the ball. and He's got to make a quick decision. All right, I got to try to hopefully get to the basket and try to get a bucket in. Oh, what's going to happen? Is Memphis going to double-team me? Is Memphis going to trap me? Is is Braun going to end up having to take a contested three? Is Braun going to have to pass the ball, and now all of a sudden you're depending on Rui or Austin Reeves or one of these other Laker role players to have, it, have to hit a big shot in that big situation? All right, let's play it out. What's Braun going to do? Braun knows exactly what he's going to do. Braun is going to take the ball to the basket. He's going to have a big dude in Xavier Tillman on it who actually played good defense in that possession. Um, Memphis does not trap him, but Jaron Jackson Jr. comes all the way over, tries to block uh, LeBron James. Lakers are down two. And Braun, cool, calm, and collective, hits the ball off the top of the glass, and it rolls around, and it goes in, and there's only .8 seconds left. Lakers are going to go to overtime. They still have a chance now to go up 3-1 in the series. Okay. Braun looking at the crowd and how electric the place was, that's not something we've experienced before in playoff basketball. You can go back to game three and you can say, well, game three, Al was sold out and you know that's the first game that they had in 10 years. Yeah, you're right about that. The first playoff game in 10 years. But game three wasn't close. Lakers were up 26 points in the first quarter, by the end of the first quarter. This was a back and forth, I need one of the greatest to ever do it, to come through in the clutch. If not, the series is tied 2-2, and now all of a sudden, Memphis has a big advantage in this series, especially because there's going to be less rest, they're younger players. It's a real risk that you can lose in this first round. Braun comes through in the clutch, sends the game to overtime, crowd's going crazy. All right, now overtime. Typically, overtime games, I think, sometimes benefit the, the younger team the team that you feel like, hey, I could play 40 minutes all day long. It's nothing. What it doesn't typically benefit is a dude like LeBron James who's 38 years old and is putting up 45 minutes in OT. There's a possession. Lakers are up three. Braun's got the ball. Basically, one of two things is going to happen. Either Braun's going to miss and Memphis is still alive and they could go on the other end and try to get a quick two or go for a three to tie the game up. Or Braun is going to ice the game. Who's guarding him? Dylan Brooks, the dude that's been running his mouth 
before the series started, um, all whenever whenever there's a glimmer of hope, he runs his mouth. By the way, this is also the same guy that runs his mouth, but then when they lose, has absolutely nothing to say. It tells you a little bit about Dylan Brooks. I'm sorry, but I'm not a fan of that. If you're going to run your mouth when you're winning, you should be running your mouth when you're losing as well, or at least getting some questions that are coming your way from the media. Put that to the side for a second. Bron decides I'm going to go to the basket. I got Dylan Brooks on me, and the game is in my hands. Either I'm going to – first he had a possession where I'm either going to send this game into overtime or we lose. Now he's in a position where I'm either icing the game or Memphis still has a shot. What do you think happens? Bron ices the game, and Bron flexes in front of the entire crowd at Crypto.com. They were going crazy. It was a really, really cool moment for Bron, I thought, to have at the arena and share it with Laker fans. I really do believe that. Um, again, I know that here's LeBron James in his career. He's already accomplished so many great things, but he had his first 2020 game of his career, 22 points, 20 rebounds. Bron had 20 rebounds last night. He had a couple of block shots, um, played 45 minutes for the Lakers, and the two most important possessions, one to send the game to overtime, the other one to close it in OT, Bron was a part of it and Bron came through. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a unique moment last night. And it just kind of continues to solidify the greatness of a player named LeBron James. Um, I had some people call into the postgame show, which I don't think it's necessary, but it is what it is where they would say, hey, you know what? Uh, Bron really proved something to me tonight. Hey, you know what? I'm a big Kobe fan, but I love what Bron is doing right now. You can be both Laker fans. You can be both. You can appreciate Kobe has the greatest resume in the history of the Los Angeles Lakers. He played 20 years with the Lakers, never rocked another jersey, won five NBA championships, did it with, he's got his jersey up in the rafters. One is next to Shaq. The other one is next to Pau Gasol. No one's topping that. And Bron with the Los Angeles Lakers will just have a chapter of his career that's with the Lakers. Appreciate the greatness. Just appreciate it. You don't have to look too far into it. Just appreciate it. Last night, LeBron was great. And he did it in a playoff atmosphere that was fantastic in a game that kind of swayed the series here. Didn't kind of sway. It swayed the series. Lakers are up 3-1. They have a commanding lead. Now it's up to them to uh, to close it off here. Um, okay, the other side of this, the other side is the Anthony Davis part. I'm going to have Trevor Lane on here in, in just a little. And once we talk to Trevor, I think we can get a little bit more into this as well. I want to go through some of the stats here for Anthony Davis so far in this series. Okay? So Anthony Davis so far in this series. Game one, AD had – actually, let me start off with this. Anthony Davis on defense, amazing. Unbelievable. Um, arguably the best player on one side of the floor – He's been unbelievable. He has 19 block shots in this series. First game, he had seven. Second game, he had five. Uh, third game, he had three. Fourth game, he had four. Steals, what does he have? Three, seven steals in this uh, in this series so far as well. Defense, AD is doing what he's got to do. Problem with Anthony Davis, if the Lakers are going to make a serious run, a serious run, I'm not talking about getting out of the first round, I'm talking about a serious run. These numbers are not good enough. Anthony Davis on offense. First game, 22 points, 
12 rebounds, 10 of 17 from the field. That's not bad, but it's not it's not anything great. Lakers got the win. Um, he did what he needed to do. Second game, bad. 13 points and nine rebounds. Got to the free throw line four times. Through the first two games, he got to the free throw line six times. Four of 14 from the field. Third game, great. 31 points, 17 rebounds for him, 11 of 24 from the field, got to the free throw line 10 times, 8 of 10. So, so far we have an average game. I'm talking about just offense. He's excellent on defense. Excellent. There's no other way to put it. Excellent. Average game on offense in the first game. Bad game in the second game. Great game in the third game. And then last night, 12 points, 11 rebounds. 4 of 13 from the field. Gets to the free throw line six times, four or six from the free throw line. Missed a couple clutch free throws too late. It's not good enough. It's just not. And if he's having his hip issue, like he said, it's been bothering him for the last week and a half, that's obviously concerning because I don't know, as you get a little bit deeper in the playoffs, these games get tougher. It becomes more and more of a challenge. The stakes get higher. Um, teams are getting smarter. I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna get healthier as the playoffs progress. Now, if Lakers wrap things up tomorrow, and you're five games into the series, uh, or you wrap out, you wrap up round one in five games, and now he gets maybe four or five days off, depending on how long the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors go. Okay, that could be a different conversation. But at least for now, this is just not good enough from the second best player on this team who we keep wanting to say is the best player on this team, um, but when push comes to shove, I think it's still LeBron James. Great on defense, very average on offense. Average, at best average on offense. Um, I, I don't – look, I, I have no predictions. I don't know how far the Lakers are going to go. I don't know if they're going to end up you know, winning an NBA championship. I don't know if they're going to um, – if this series right now against Memphis is going to get extended to seven, potential, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I do know this. If, if the Lakers are going to make a serious type of run, they're only going to be able to do it if Anthony Davis is great. Not average, not good, but great. And maybe you can get away with a couple of these games like they have against the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is beat up. Memphis is uh, immature. Memphis doesn't have a ton of experience. That's going to change. I mean, what if you're playing the Golden State Warriors in the second round? you think it, it, they're going to be okay doing it this way? I don't think so. That's going to be incredibly difficult. And um, unless Anthony Davis is great, I I'm not 100% sure how in the big picture of things Lakers can really compete for a championship. So hopefully that changes, but I had to point that out because I do think that's something that's glaring here so far. Okay, uh, coming up next, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. He's going to join the show. Love having Trev on. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. A quick shout-out here. Uh, thank you to Trevor Lane for taking some time to join the show, as always. Trev, uh, thank you, buddy. H- how you feeling today after uh, the win, obviously, last night? Uh, overtime gets close. I, n- I don't know how you were feeling, but there are a few moments there that I thought, yeah, I think it's going to be 2-2 going back to Memphis. Yeah, I, I sure did too, Alan. There were there were a number of moments, especially uh, late in the fourth there when the Grizzlies went up seven. I thought, man, it's just not their night tonight. But uh, relieved, I think, is, is the word, yeah. how I'm feeling in terms of not having to go back to Memphis, tie 2-2 instead got the job done somehow, some way, and now they've got the 3-1 series lead. So it was a stressful game, but somehow they, they made it through. I want to go back to a couple moments yesterday. Um, let, let's go back to when Lakers are down 7, 97-90. And I don't know where your confidence level was on D'Angelo Russell at that point, but if you'd have told me, hey, somebody's going to hit three straight threes and it's going to kind of swing the game and give the Lakers, you know, obviously a chance to, to still be in the game, and it's D'Lo. How surprised would you have been or watching that game last night and seeing D'Angelo Russell kind of throughout his career? I don't think he shies away from clutch moments or big moments, but my confidence level, let's just say I was not very high on D'Lo up to that moment. What did you think of that stretch by D'Lo? Oh, it was it was amazing from him to hit those shots. I thought that was big. It was a big moment, not just for the Lakers as a team, who certainly needed that. They needed somebody to give them some kind of a spark on the offensive end. But it was so big for D'Lo individually as a basketball player to come in and make that positive impact and get hot right when the team needed him to. Because he's had, I think, a rough series. I don't think it's been a great series for him. Uh, I think he struggled in the the play-in game against the Wolves as well. So we haven't seen great play from him in in postseason basketball here. And that was kind of the M.O. on him uh, coming into, uh, into this tenure here with the Lakers. So... I was uh, I was very very pleased to see it. I was not expecting it. I know a lot of Lakers fans on social media, my, myself included. I was doing the play by play, and and I was saying, gosh, I don't know if, if going back to D'Lo is the right move here or not. Lo and behold, D'Lo definitely rewarded Darvin Ham's faith in him, knocking in three threes in a row. Uh, Coach Ham said it after the game. Said we don't win this game without D'Angelo Russell, and he's absolutely right. The Lakers needed that spark. They were dead in the water, and D'Angelo Russell gave it to him. These last two games, the Lakers are playing in front of a sold out crowd and Saturday's game was a blowout, and it was just a matter of when the Lakers are going to win. Yesterday, the Lakers were in real jeopardy of losing the game, and Bronze got the ball in his hands down two, sends the game to overtime. Bronze got the ball in his hands, up three, a chance to ice the game in OT, ices the game. Crypto was going crazy, and I thought it was a different type of connection with Braun because the crowd was there, because it was sold out, because it was the playoffs, because it was critical situation with the series on the line of you know going up 3-1 or tied 2-2. Just your perspective, did you think last night's moments with Braun and the Los Angeles Lakers were a little bit different for some of the scenarios that I mentioned? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about you know LeBron never having a moment like this in front of LA fans um, to get that to finally get that. You know, for I mean, LeBron, it's not like his te- Lakers tenure has been short or anything. This is what season five in LA for him, and, and now he finally gets his time in front of the full LA crowd, the sellout crowd, and he makes those big plays um, to help the Lakers win. I mean, these are you look back through Lakers history, and these are the moments that we remember. These are the moments that stick with us from the all-time greats. You think about Magic's great moments in, in the playoffs. We think about Kobe's moments in the playoffs, Shaq's moments, certainly. And, and all these moments that have happened in front of the L.A. crowd, we haven't gotten that from LeBron. And now, finally, we get that moment. And, and all the credit to him because he looked like he was out of gas. He looked mm-hmm. exhausted. And then when the, when the moment required it, he found something in reserve somehow to get that shot up over Jaron Jackson to tie the game, send it into overtime, and then making the big play that meant that meant a little bit more because he got it on Dylan Brooks, gets the and one uh, to, I think, essentially seal the victory in overtime. So cool to see him finally get that moment in front of the L.A. crowd and just that, like you said, Alan, I think it's just a, a deeper level of connection when you've got as much as, as is on the line in a playoff situation. Uh, Trev, it's a series is 3-1 now, and I spent a little time talking about Anthony Davis, and I think he's been average, and that's the best way that I can describe. Uh, He's been elite defensively. Offensively, he's been average. It's been disappointing, and that's just my own perspective. If the Lakers are, they're still in round one. If they're to make a significant run, a real run, a chance at, you know, representing the Western Conference, a chance at championship number 18 what kind of Anthony Davis from what we've seen so far um, what kind of Anthony Davis do we have to see number one for that to happen and number two how realistic do you think it is seems like he's dealing with some type of hip situation yeah I mean it's I think I don't think they get to where they want to go in terms of a deep playoff run here if we get the Anthony Davis that we saw last night like you said defensively he's been great but you can't continue to get a 13, 14 shot night out of Anthony Davis, 12 points. It's just, that's not enough. Uh, you know, game three, he got 31 points. He had, I think, 24 shot attempts. He, he was, uh, he got 10 free throw yeah. attempts in that game. You know, that, that's the AD that you need. That's the Anthony Davis you need on a consistent night in, night out basis. The, the best player on the team, the best player on the floor, the MVP caliber player. And like you said, there's some sort of a hip injury here, but you just can't have these fluctuations. You can't ride this roller coaster where you have a great game and then you have a, a kind of a dud, which is what we saw offensively uh, in last night's game. And I think this has been – it goes beyond just AD, right? Because some of this is the Lakers are doing a terrible job of getting him the ball in advantageous situations. There were moments where Desmond Bain was switched on to AD mm. – and the Lakers couldn't get the ball to Anthony Davis. And then when they tried to, they turned it over. Um, they, that's something that they have still not solved. The Toronto Raptors did this to them in the regular season. And as soon as they did it, Alan, our conversation started. was, yeah. everybody's going to start doing this. And the Lakers have to figure out the solution. And here we are. It's the postseason. I don't think they've figured it out yet. Not on a consistent basis anyway. So they got to figure it out. And they got to figure it out quick because I don't think you go very far in the playoffs with Anthony Davis essentially schemed out on the offensive end of the floor every other game. That simply isn't going to work. Yeah, it's a, you know, I think big picture. The Lakers are up three games to one, so maybe there's a little bit of less noise right now. But if the series was tied to a piece, right, and and think about what the chatter would have been today about Anthony Davis, but I think big picture, whether it's the Sacramento Kings or the Golden State Warriors, if the Lakers, you know, obviously end up moving on in this series, 
Um, if it's not a consistent AD, I, I just got a difficult time thinking that this is going to be a long playoff run. Um, with that in mind, Lakers, Grizzlies tomorrow. I, I know it's still – I know there's a lot of scenarios here, but I have a feeling that – I think this comes back to L.A., that this series has been too close, I think, to be Lakers in five, that Memphis has – been in games where they could have easily won. Memphis had the best home record in the NBA. Do you think the Lakers, and I think this takes them to another level if they're able to do this, do you think they walk into Memphis tomorrow and close this thing out? I would love to say yes, but if I had to if I had to put money on it or something like that, I, I would say no, they don't. Um, I think there's a, and there's a few reasons for that. You know, I think you, you go into an overtime game, the Lakers look exhausted afterwards. The Grizzlies were too, but the Grizzlies are overall a younger team. The Lakers aren't as old of a team as people make them, make them out to be. They have a lot of guys that are in their mid-20s. But LeBron and AD, the two engines of the team, are both older and are both dealing with injuries. So I think it's, the Lakers are going to be playing on heavier legs. There isn't, there's not two days off between games. There's only one day. Right. So I think that helps the Grizzlies a little bit more. So I think the Grizzlies will be a little bit fresher in Game 5. They are playing with the desperation of a do-or-die situation. It is literally win or go home. And then you, they're going to have that home crowd at FedEx Forum behind them. So all of those things combined to tell me it, it's going to be a tough night for the Lakers to get a win there. If they do it, wow, what a statement that would be. And here's where I think they're going to need to really excel, Alan, in order to get it done. They've shot poorly from three, three games in a row. Game two, game three, game four, they shot poorly from three. They shot very well from deep in game one, and they wound up taking that game. If you can get a above-average three-point shooting night as a team, I'm talking 42% or better, that is the kind of shooting that can mitigate the heavier legs that the Lakers will be playing with and the, the advantage of the, that the Grizzlies will have playing at home. That is the key that, that I'm looking for if we're going to see what I would think would be an upset victory in Game 5 because I do think the Grizzlies will have the edge in that one. But if the Lakers can have kind of an outlier three-point shooting night and get back on track there, I think that might be enough to keep it close and give them a shot to end this thing in five. Without that, I just have a feeling like you do that we're probably coming back to L.A. for Game 6. Trev, thank you, bud. I always appreciate your insight and uh, always uh, appreciate your time here on the show, all right? Hey, no problem, Alan. Thank you for having me. All right, that is uh, Trevor Lane there of Lakers Nation. We come back, final thoughts. Stay right here. Uh, This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, thank you to uh, Trevor Lane again for uh, coming on the show. Always appreciate his insight. Uh, he does a great job covering the Lakers, so always appreciate having him on the show. Um, okay, a couple things I want to do here, kind of give my final thoughts here on the show. I uh, want to talk a little bit about tomorrow's game, Game 5, what we can expect, Lakers and the Grizzlies, and kind of, I guess you could say, a little bit of a prediction. And then, Laker fans, who do you want to see? Kings or Warriors? who are you rooting for in that series? And I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but let's just kind of play this out because we do, we are up three games to one. And, you know, obviously the hope is that the Lakers can close out this series. Um, The Lakers and the Grizzlies tomorrow, and that game is going to be at 430. 
There's actually four games tomorrow. 7 o'clock tomorrow, Warriors and the Kings. Series tied at two apiece. So we'll spend a little time on that. Let me do Lakers-Grizzlies first. I hear a lot of people saying that, hey, it's a wrap. Series is over. Um, Lakers are going to win this thing in five. I actually lean more towards it having to come back here to L.A. and the Lakers wrapping it up in six. Now, my original prediction was Lakers in seven. Um, I don't think anybody wants to see seven games. And maybe that would have been more likely the case if Memphis had found a way to win that series or win the game yesterday. Um, But now with just kind of the position that we're in, I would be very, very impressed with the Lakers if they walk into Memphis tomorrow and they handle business. They're coming off an overtime win. Braun had to play 45. Anthony Davis had to play 42. You only have one night off in between, which is today. And then then you're back at it tomorrow. It's an earlier game just based on, um, you know, the time change as you go to Memphis. It's a 430 tip off. So I think it's kind of lined up for Memphis but I think it comes down to Memphis. If the Lakers give their first punch and basically challenge the Memphis Grizzlies, you want the series, you're going to have to come take it from us because we're trying to wrap this thing up tonight. It's going to come down to Memphis. Are you around? Are, are, are you already thinking about or planning your vacation wherever you're going to go once the season's over? Or are you still in this for the long haul and want to make sure that it ends back up in L.A. where now the pressure's back on the Lakers to say, you better close this out now and not have a Game 7 coming up on Sunday. Um, Just kind of watching Memphis battle. They've battled all year. They're missing two key players in Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. John Morant obviously didn't play in Game 2, and we could see just this. I feel bad for him. I mean, the man, I'm grimacing watching him play going up and down the floor Reckless, by the way, uh, trying to jump over LeBron James, trying to jump over Anthony Davis, just dangerous plays left and right, Um, grimacing, holding his wrist. He's got an elbow thing. I mean, he's got a lot of different stuff going on, but I respect how uh, John Morant is obviously trying to play through all the pain. I I guess my curiosity is more on what's Memphis look like tomorrow, less the Lakers, because if Memphis fights – and they pretty much have it built in their mind. We ain't going anywhere. You want to take us out? You got to knock us out if you're going to take us out. Or if it's the, yeah, it's been a fun year. We're not coming back from down three to one. And you know what? If we're gonna we're gonna try, but if we don't have to go back to LA, we don't have to go back to LA. Let's call it a season. Let's regroup. Let's come back next year and be healthy. I think a lot of that's going to be dictated on Memphis. Now, if the Lakers come and they punch first, and the Lakers. Um, almost look like they did in game one where this is a game in the fourth quarter, Lakers have a little bit of a lead, then that's a different story. Then I think Lakers will find a way to close it out tomorrow. But I'm going to give Memphis credit. Uh, Memphis had the best home record in the NBA. Memphis has – this has been a closer series than 3-1. The first game was close. John Morant got injured. Three minutes left to go was a one-point game. Game two, Memphis won without Ja. Game three was a Laker blowout. Game four was close, and the game went to overtime. 3-1, and to close out the series in five games, doesn't seem like that's indicative to what the series has been so far. I think it has been more of a dogfight. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Memphis ends up 
win in tomorrow's game, and then the Lakers got an opportunity to close it out in front of their home crowd on Friday night. So um, we'll see what eventually what what eventually happens. I do think, like I said, a lot of this is going to have to do with how Memphis kind of approaches this game. Okay, last thing I want to get into, Kings-Warriors. Series is tied to a piece. By the time the Lakers are done tomorrow, um, the Warriors and the Kings will be playing their game. You know, I've heard people say, yeah, I'd rather face the I'd rather face the Warriors, not the Kings. Let's see what, you know, De'Aaron Fox, obviously his situation changes everything. I'd always rather face a team that's younger and inexperienced than a team that's been there, done that, has the scars, has the bruises, has won NBA championships, has been through every battle that you can possibly think of. I'm not telling you Sacramento's not dangerous. I'm not telling you that Sacramento has not had a really good season because they have. And I'm a little bit surprised what a series they got going back and forth against the Golden State Warriors. But I'd rather play a team that's more inexperienced than a, than a, a squad like the Golden State Warriors where nothing will surprise them. Nothing will be of shock to them. And they're going to execute. And their coach are going to make the right decisions. And you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. So um, that's probably the best way that I'd look at it. So I'm rooting for the Sacramento Kings personally for some of the reasons that I just mentioned. All right, Laker fans, if you missed any part of the show, you can always go on the ESPNLA app and download Lakers Talk. I appreciate everyone taking the time and listening to the show. Tomorrow I'm back on T-Raj and I, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pre-game show will start at 3.30 following Mason and Ireland. I'm sorry, at 3 o'clock following Mason and Ireland, and then tip-off will be at 4.30. Thank you to Michael Funches, Mario Ruiz, Laura Romo. LA, as always, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night.